Did you ever wonder what could have been with the AWA had things gone differently? Had their fortunes gone differently? Had certain wrestlers not left and perhaps more money would have been at the disposal of the Ganyas? Well, wonder no further. You can go to Brad Drake's YouTube channel and experience the 1987 Supermod for yourself. As Brad Drake starts off in May 1987, along with Greg Ganya, Baron Von Rotschke, Vern Ganya himself, Nick Bockwinkle, Larry Zabisco, Kurt Hennig, and a slew of others as he plays and saves the AWA. Welcome to another edition of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I'm Brian Ferguson. My guest today, coming back on one more time, wrestling historian, good friend of mine, Mr. George Shire. George, welcome back, my friend. Good morning. Welcome back, I guess. I enjoy doing these, you know. Oh, they're fun. I know, and I enjoy it. We enjoy having you on. We really do. So, subject today is the wfia what are you gonna drop what are you gonna drop kick me with today wfia wrestling fans international association yes organization you were one time a part of it went uh unfortunately went defunct in the in the 80s uh a man now is is uh, attempting to bring it back uh and I wanted to get your intake on it. You were part of it from uh, the beginning. It started in the late 60s. And I just want, if we could, for our fans, kind of get your uh, take on how it started, how it it grew, and why, and, and okay, what was the concept of it, and, and how it grew and things of that nature. So let's talk about the beginning, okay? How it was started, created, kind of your input on that, if we could. Well, it started officially back in 1968. Mm -hmm. And it was it was started by a guy named Don Wilson and his wife at the time, Judy Wilson. Uh, they lived in St. Louis. So they were St. Louis wrestling fans. And, and Don had been around the business for quite a few years back at that time and the whole idea brian was is you know a lot of times our newer fans out there in our fast-paced world that we live in today a lot of people don't realize that goes back in those old days and 55 years ago that's a long time ago mm -hmm. we didn't have any type of resource to uh connect with wrestling fans in other territories unless you did it by the old snail mail become pen pals with someone yeah uh, which a lot of us did you know that was the only way maybe we could connect with a a, a person in a st louis or some other city and so the the fan clubs were a huge part of that era back in the late 60s into the 70s and for those people that don't know a fan club back in the day a, a wrestling fan in a particular territory or city they could approach a certain wrestler and, you know, say, I, I'd like to, I like your wrestling. I've always followed you. I, you know, I'd, I'd like to start a fan club for you. And 
most of those wrestlers, the vast majority of them, they will say, you can do whatever you want, but I'm not going to help you. I don't want to be involved. You know, just go ahead, take your pictures, put out your bulletin, put in my results, whatever you want. But, and, but the key thing was, is they had to have what was called a permission slip from the wrestler. So little slip of paper that I, Johnny Valentine, agreed to let, you know, Dawn Porter, she was the president of the, I pulled that out of my butt here. She was the president of the Johnny Valentine fan club back in the day that I give her permission to run a fan club in my honor. Now, the reason the fan club permission slip was important because Don Wilson used to do in wrestling review magazine back in that era, they used to have a fan club review or a fan club column in the magazine. And what Don would do is he would review the, your bulletin when you sent it to him, your Johnny Valentine bulletin. He'd look at it. There were promises that were made, you know, that the, in this case, this Don Porter, she was going to send the person that joined the club an eight by 10 of, of Johnny Valentine. And she put out two bulletins a year or however number it was. And, and you get a, a membership card and that made you an official member of Johnny Valentine. A fan in those days, that was a big deal. You know, hey, I, yeah. you know, I'm 12 years old. I'm 15 years old, 20 years old. I'm a member of this club. And so Don would review those. And there were other, uh, in wrestling world, there was a, a lady named at the time, she was uh, Georgie Ann Macropolis, Miraculous or something. I always mess up her name. But she later became Georgie Ann Orsi, O-R-S-I. And you, if you looked at old wrestling worlds, you'd see that name. She was a very astute wrestling fan, did a lot of research work, primarily for Bruno San Martino back in the day. And she ran a Bruno San Martino fan club. So she had the, the fan club column in, in world, wrestling world. So Don Wilson would look at these. And the idea was, is that we wanted this to be above board. We didn't want some fan just putting something out there and saying, if you send me a dollar and a half or $2, which it was back in those days, you know, you give me a dollar and a half and I'll send you four bulletins and an eight by 10. And, but you didn't want people getting the money and then not doing what they said. So Don right. Wilson and Georgie Ann, those were two of them. They would look at these bulletins. The And believe me, in those days, they, I have blank paper here, but they were like three, four pieces of blank or of paper with a staple in them. And they were a bulletin, you know, showing mm -hmm. the wrestler's results or, or whatever it was. And some, you know, stuff from the territory. So he'd look at it and make sure that they got what they, and then he would endorse it in the fan club column that, you know, I've received this, I've received a couple bulletins. It's very nicely done. I encourage you if you're a Johnny Valentine fan, you know, send Dawn and here's her address and information. And the other side of it was, is it was a policeman type thing, because if I had sent my money into Don Porter and I didn't get anything, and it's two years or a year now, and I gave her my hard work buck and a half back in the day, I'd, I'd let Don Wilson or Georgianne or maybe some other fan club person know, and they would, they're no longer going to endorse it. And they might actually put in there. We haven't received a bulletin from this person for a long time. No update news, you know, use caution when joining the group, or we'd suggest you don't at all. That's what it was. It was self-policed. And it worked out beautifully. So the fan clubs were rampant back in the day. I mean, every 
every noted wrestler for some reason seemed to have a fan club. And, um, but it worked really well. And Don Wilson then decided it would be, and I know he had some other people involved at the time, but he came up with the idea. He says, you know, we got these fans that are interested in these fan clubs and these wrestlers, and they're kind of our lifeline to some of these territories with getting results. And if these people were credible, you know, we should get together and have uh, maybe a reunion. Well, the reunion idea was great because then Don would go into a territory and he'd work with the promoter or promotion of that particular city. And they'd put on this two or three day event in a hotel, agree with the promotion that the promotion would send three or four or five wrestlers to come into the, to the uh, mingle with the crowd. And then in conjunction with this, the promotion would hold a wrestling card on the, one of the nights of the, and usually it'd be around their normal schedule, so they didn't have to change their schedule at all, whatever night they ran. Uh, St. Louis, I use that as an example because they used to run Friday nights typically. Yeah. And so they'd have a Friday night card and they'd have all their fans from the international or wrestling fans international show up and have a section that were designated for them in the Kiel Auditorium. That along with an awards bank. And what would happen is, is that Don, again, along with his group of people that were his uh, advisors and helpers on the club, they would make sure that the promotion was recognized by, you know, whoever the top wrestler was in the territory, they would get the Wrestler of the Year award. Miraculously, it was voted that they were the Wrestler of the Year. And they'd have a tag, maybe a tag team of the year, just a couple, and they'd give them little tiny plaques or something, you know, mm -hmm. have them come to the banquet that they do this at at the WFIA hotel. And then they would also give out uh, fan club awards. Mm -hmm. The idea was that most of the people that came to these reunions at the time were, were most of the fan club presidents of the various fan clubs. And they could have in the, in the, reunion room they would have displays they could put up their johnny valentine display it'd be a chance for them to offer memberships to their club to people coming in you know then bruno san martino had his club there georgie Ann, that's where i met her originally i met her in boston at one of the reunions oh wow WF. okay and and then uh marilee ned there's an old name she ran a jimmy valiant fan club and uh so on, so on and so on. So the idea was, is it was the first exposure for young fans like me at the time, you know, because 55 years ago, I'm a babe in arms. <laughs> and you, you, you get to, you get to maybe meet some of these wrestlers you've heard about in the wrestling magazines, if you hadn't seen them and you get to talk with them very briefly and Nobody ever broke kayfabe. Oh my goodness, those wrestlers were in strict kayfabe mode. I mean, in in '68 and going forward. But the idea was is that it was a fans a chance for the fans to get together. And every year, it was in a different city. So, you, as fans, there were some of them that were so rabid that they would make sure they attended every single one. And you, obviously, there was travel involved then. Yeah. Um, I had told you the other day when we were briefly talking about this that the 
WFIA reunion was, or the first one was founded in 1968. Mm -hmm. Ironically, and it just wasn't on the radar, I guess. It was held in, of all places, Mankato, Minnesota. Now, for our uh, listeners that don't know about Mankato, it's a it's a southern city in Minnesota, smaller town, but it used to be, in its day, they would have great spot show wrestling cards. Mm -hmm. And most of the time, those cards were run by Norman Keetzer, who, mm -hmm. as we all know, was famous for his great wrestling news magazines and uh all through the decades and programs that he did. So that was the first one. And for some reason, I wasn't there, but I don't know why it would have been about an hour's drive from my house, hour and a half's drive from my house, I would have been there, but I, I wasn't. So they awarded Tiny Mills Wrestler of the Year Award. And the only reason Tiny Mills <laughs> got it was because Tiny Mills was one of the wrestlers that agreed that he would be there. You know, the wrestling office, <laughs> Minneapolis Wrestling Club would send two or three guys. And, okay, Tiny Mills, who had now been retired for, you know, oh. semi-retired for a few yeah. years. He was wrestler of the year. But it was fun because you got to meet him and uh, yeah. that sort of thing. So then next year and the year after and so on, the very first one I ever personally went to. And a lot of it was because I was still a kid and it was money. Yeah. You know, I had a paper route when I was up until the time I was about 19 and I was making a whopping uh, $45, $50 a month and on paper route money, you know, and by, at that point, of course, I'm a millionaire. You know how it is back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So as long as I had money to buy my comic books at the drugstore and the latest wrestling review in wrestling world, I was as happy as a pig slopping in mud. There you have it. <laughs> So I, the first one, the first one I went to, and this was when I met Don Wilson, the first one. And surprisingly, it was in St. Louis. And uh, by that time, I had become friends with a lady named uh, Lillian Schnur. Okay. Yes, I think it was S-C-H-N-U-R or something, Lillian Schnur. And she was a wrestling fan in St. Louis. And, of course, St. Louis was where Don Wilson lived. And I had been trading St. Louis programs with her and that old pen pal system. It was, I'll send you mine, you send me yours. Mm -hmm. So I'd send her the Minneapolis program, she'd send me the St. Louis program, and I started that collection. And when this St. Louis uh, WFIA came about, I thought, God, i got to figure out a way to go to this. I mean, this would be fun. So yeah. in... Uh, August of 71, for those that want to know how old this old codger is, I was still 19 back then. <laughs> and uh, I, I decided I could branch out. And this would be the first time I'd get on an airplane because I led a very sheltered life. Now, you know, we, my family never went. We were lucky if we took a bus. So I was going to go on an airplane and fly to St. Louis. And uh, so it was all new to me. But you talk about a kid, you know, they talk about like a kid in the candy store. When I went to St. Louis and got to the hotel, I was totally in awe because they had all these displays around, all these fan club bulletins that were being displayed. And there were some of the people that I'd read about in the magazines that, you know, some of the fans. Mm -hmm. And Don Wilson got to know him. 
Um, Don Wilson and I had a friendship after that. And there were several times when I would go to St. Louis after that, I would actually, he'd, he'd have me stay at his house. Oh, wow. And him and Judy would, you know, have other fans, of course, do that from time to time. But I got to stay at his house and get to know him. He was just a super guy. And he, he really held the WFIA in high esteem. Mm-hmm. It was very important to him to have these reunions. Uh, and they were called conventions back then. They weren't reunions. They were WFIA yeah. annual conventions. But most of the time directed towards fan clubs. So Right. And each year it seemed like they grew more and more. Hello, everyone. This is Brian Ferguson, the host of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I want to tell you about a new podcast out called Fouls Count Anywhere. It is a classic pro wrestling podcast that brings you the legends of wrestling with true wrestling fans Chris DiCarlo and Charlie Turner. They bring on guests that are legends in this business as well as wrestlers of today, promoters, referees, you name it, they have them on there, folks. And I encourage you to listen to them. If you're on YouTube, watch them. They drop every Saturday. They have their podcast. They drop it in the afternoon. So look forward to that podcast coming out. Falls Count Anywhere podcast with Chris DiCarlo and Charlie Turner. Folks, you will not be disappointed. I guarantee it. And enjoy the podcast. excuse me now the key thing about these reunions was that as fans again trading programs trading bulletins trading clippings sharing wrestling stories learning about wrestlers in territories that we couldn't get to we we really had a a base of fantastic friendships that were forged Mm -hmm. so when you go down a list of names from those old days and you have guys like Vicky Goddard, Scott Teal, uh, Jim Melby, of course, was on the list, but Tom mm-hmm. Burke, Dave Brzezinski, Diane Devine, Marilyn Zeal, and Georgianne Orsi. And the list just goes on and on. Uh, Danny Goddard, Lenny Bernstein. Uh, um, you know, I, I should have made a list before we started talking, but uh, friendships that have lasted. 55 years yeah and just because they they weren't your average wrestling fan that was the key thing to remember because right. you and i have talked in the past by and there were times when a person became a wrestling fan because they liked ivan putsky so he was here for six months and they go to the matches when ivan putsky's gone they don't go back anymore or yeah. their life gets in the way you know they mm-hmm. they transferred they got a job somewhere else or their wife didn't like it or whatever the story was Wrestling wasn't on when they were able to watch it. You know, we couldn't uh, way before VCRs and CD players and, you know, taping on TV. So you couldn't do any of that. So fans faded away yeah. and they were done. But these were serious wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. And so, all you know, those names I mentioned and many, 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 many more. Uh, Pete Letterberg was one of them. Uh, th- these were people that I became friends with, others became friends with. And we're still friends today for those that are still with us. Yeah. And just a special bond. So that's how it originally started. Okay. I'm going to take a sip of coffee and you yeah. figure out. No, I, I, you know, I agree with you about the, the friendship thing. I mean, you and I became 
friends because of of wrestling and our and our passion for it uh old school uh you know i've been to some places now uh that i've made a lot of friendships and and no i don't get to see them in person all the time but we keep up through social media and when we do go to some type of uh reunion or convention or whatever it's like you could talk to them you could start up from the last conversation you had like nothing in between got in the way and you can still uh talk and, and mingle and, and and you know go back to right where you came, left off at from the last time and, and that's the great part of those type of friendships so so you started in the 70s and uh each year was in a different spot so was it more of like let's say if it's in uh you said Boston, right? So was that the the WWF back then that yeah. that would well, bring was in the w, some guys? It was the WWWF? So like it was Bruno still worldwide or, wrestling. Okay, worldwide wrestling. So we bring in Bruno or maybe Pedro Morales or somebody like that. What what we did in the Boston one, which was 1972, the mm. reunion was held in June of 72, and it was in Boston. The promoter, the local promoter in Boston, who was an, a, a promoter under the Worldwide Wrestling Federation banner mm -hmm. of promoters, okay, used yeah. all the East Coast guys. Mm -hmm. The promoter's name was Abe, Abe Ford. He ran cards in the Boston Gardens, which was their big arena back in the day. And he yeah. used all the W, I'm just going to say WWF because the WWWWW, you know, it gets all. So yeah, the WWF they... card. Um, he used wrestlers, you know, from the WWF and would put mm -hmm. on a card. And we we had a card uh, at the Boston Gardens in conjunction to that. And I do remember the main event. It was, of all things, Pedro Morales defending the WWF championship against, of all people, Captain Lou Albano. Oh, wow. Lou yeah. Albano Lou Albano, and he wasn't captain yet. He was just yeah. Lou Albano. But he, boy, I still have this stuff from time to time. That's okay. That That's all right. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Lou Albano was still, uh, he was managing, but hadn't gotten to the prestigious status he did later on. But, yeah, okay. when Don Wilson contacted for the Boston reunion, Mm -hmm. It was a matter of working with Abe Ford, conjunction with his wrestling card and, and the mm -hmm. hotel setup and everything. Mm -hmm. And Abe Ford then uh, uh, had certain wrestlers that would come into the uh, display room, is what I call it, mm -hmm. and uh, mingle with the fans. The key thing, too, and I, I want to say this, and this is not a knock for those of you that are heavily involved in this. <laughs> But there are fan fests all over the country today. And it's great because it gives chance a ch fans a chance to, to see some of their heroes of past years and, and maybe get pictures with them and autographs and whatever. Uh, but the fan fests are a lot different in the sense, Brian, that most of the time uh, you pay a fee to go to this thing. You pay a fee to have the certain wrestlers you know, to get into, they get their autograph and stand in line and 
a lot of times some of the wrestlers even charge themselves for, you know, to have you have their autograph and maybe have a picture taken with them. So those fan yeah. fests, um, they're, they're different in that regard. Whereas the WFIA was the promotion worked with the, with the WFIA brought a few wrestlers in and you could freely get their autograph. If you asked them on your program or your, your, your uh, WFIA wrestling. Ah, program, there it is. But this is the St. Louis one. And they give you the whole lineup of, you know, what's going to take place. The, the, all the dates and times are on here of the events for the two or three days. Wow. And um, you get your chance to, you know, be part of that little group for that three days. So yeah. they are run a little bit differently. Yeah. I was going to ask you uh, the cost. So, yeah, you, you kind of brought up the financial <laughs> part of it. So my understanding is back then the WFIA worked with the promotion. <laughs> they probably set up some kind of deal uh you know coming into the hotel i guess uh my question is you might not know the answer is i mean cost wise the hotel uh getting these guys in there uh you know you said they signed the, your program or if they had a photograph of them for <laughs> for free i guess i'm assuming that wfia paid for the hotel uh, you know, the space, uh, maybe gave some money for the event to the card for the wrestlers. And then uh, the promotion would cover the cost of getting those guys there. I'm not sure. Can you kind of explain okay. that or if you know that? Yeah, yeah. Um, you're a little bit off on all of it. So let, let's explain okay. it this way. Okay. We We paid, we would pay dues, if you want right. to call them that to the WFIA. And mm -hmm. believe me, I don't remember what it was back then uh, as a, a younger person. You know, if it was $5 or $3 or whatever it was, yeah. you'd pay dues to be a member of the WFIA. When you'd go to their reunion, <clears throat> there was, you were in charge of your own airfare, of course, to whatever mm -hmm. city it was at or how you were going to get there. You were in the, you were in charge of it. Mm -hmm. They would rent a block of rooms in the hotel, or not rent, they would secure a block of rooms for the number of fans that they anticipated or had paid to, you know, been members to come. You'd indicated mm -hmm. you were going to come. Yeah. And you'd have this block of rooms set off. Then, of course, they would have the, uh, the banquet room slash display room in the mm -hmm. hotel all hotels have these even today you know where you can hold gatherings and different things so but it was all on our dime okay we paid the wfia dues they would also then secure a, a block of tickets from the wrestling office so we did have okay. a wrestling ticket provided for us okay. but we had to pay for our own hotel we had to pay yeah. for our own airfare or travel mm -hmm. and I do recall that there may have been a banquet fee or something that you had to, yeah. the fan had to pay, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And some of the guys that were, you know, behind the scenes on this, Tom Burke and some of these great guys, Brzezinski, they they could tell you probably a little deeper on that. But because I I personally don't remember, I just know that when I went, right, it was on my dime. Mm -hmm. And um, but as far as the wrestlers go. 
the other thing that's really different about the WFIA back in the day was when you had the wrestlers, like when I was at the Boston one that I had mentioned, Mm-hmm. In the bank or during the course of the couple of days, we had the Grand Wizard, Ernie Roth. Ernie Roth, yeah. Who was walking around. He was mingling with the group. The fabulous Moolah, the lady wrestler, lady champion, she was yeah. mingling around. In fact, I have a unique story about her that personally happened to me. <laughs> uh, handsome Jimmy Valiant was one of the wrestlers because he was in the WWF at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a couple, there's a few I'm missing, but they would be there not all the time, but maybe a select time period. Right. They didn't, these, these wrestlers, they didn't come in to sell their memorabilia. There was no such thought process in those days. So Mm -hmm. they weren't there with an agenda to sell uh, their, their books. They didn't have books back then that they put out. They didn't sell, you know, pictures of themselves and, they didn't charge you for your autograph. The promotion would just have them go in and say, you know, go there between nine and 10 and or whatever it was. And, and, you know, give the chance, the fans a chance to to talk with mm-hmm. you. And they were always very cordial. And obviously some of the, the fan club, Mary Lee let Ned zeal. The reason I keep bringing that name up because she was living in Boston and mm-hmm. she was president of the Jimmy Valiant fan club at the time. So, she was there with her fan clubs trying to get her club represented and trying to get new members. And so it was really more of just a gathering of friends. Mm-hmm. And when you talked with the wrestler and you got their autograph, they were, they had no agenda where, well, I do it for you for five bucks or 10 bucks, or I don't do autographs or any of that stuff. Like some of the wrestlers would do. And yeah. the only time they would appear to somewhat break K fabe. And yet they still weren't is that, when I went up to Ernie Roth, the Grand Wizard, I chatted with him for a couple of minutes. I told him at the time, I said, I remember when I used to get my Detroit programs and you were there as Abdullah Farouk managing the the Sheik. the Sheik. And yeah. uh and I and I remember I told him, I said, you know, and I, I know you had another name in wrestling too. I was always a wise guy back then, giving people facts, you know. <laughs> I said, I remember that you I said, I remember that you you managed uh magnificent maurice and johnny Barrand, and you were known as jay rellington radcliffe you know he kind of looked at me says well you kind of you kind of follow it around don't you i mean he didn't break any kayfabe or anything he just and i remember getting his autograph i had a great picture taken with him which i still have and so it was that was it though that was my relationship with Mm -hmm. uh ernie roth but that's what the wrestlers did he didn't say, I'm yeah. not going to sign an autograph or no, get away from me, kid, or anything. So, but he was a heel. I mean, Abdullah Farouk, mm-hmm. the Grand Wizard, yeah. they were heels personified in the business. And yeah. uh, that's how it worked. It was, whereas today now, and again, the fan fest, they gather fans together. And that's that's so great that we can keep the wrestling community together and growing. But yeah. Most of the time, and I mean, you go to some of these. I know you do. Yeah. And you yeah. know what costs you? Sometimes you got to, you know, rip out a kidney and lay it on the table to, mm-hmm. to get some of the autographs and and yeah. uh, maybe even have a chance to chat with these guys. So it's a little bit different today. And now they want to sell you their stuff. And yeah. So it's a little bit different, but it's still a good thing. And, and Fan Fest, yeah. all the people that do them, please keep doing them. They're great. Yeah. I, I will say that 
the the CAC reunion when I went there last fall. Uh, it is much uh, less expensive <laughs> to uh, get an autograph. And most of the wrestlers that were there uh, this past time, when they collected their, it was, most of them were like $20. It wasn't a, you know, kidney. But most of them gave all that money back to the to the uh, the club. Yeah. Uh, which and, I, and that I, I bless them for. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why I, I <laughs> did, I got a lot of autographs there. Because when they said, hey, I'm a, this money's going back to the, the CAC. Yeah. Okay. Where most of the other ones, you know, it's a fan fest. It's for them and, and the vendor. Um, well, you know, so later, let, let me touch on, let me touch on that real quick. So with CAC, you know, they have kind of changed over the years. I mean, mm -hmm. the CAC each year over the last 23, 24 years has gotten a little bit more uh, totally fan-based. Mm -hmm. Whereas originally when I started going to CAC reunions, it was still a gathering of friends, but it was a gathering of the wrestlers more than it was mm -hmm. for the fans because before fans were ever involved in CAC, the uh, CAC was an annual gathering of wrestlers where they got together and they all shared their old war stories together and mended old fences between them. And I haven't seen you in 30 years. God, I love you, man. And that sort of thing. So mm -hmm. we had an incident. Uh, and this is why it's always important when you talk about how these things are run. Uh, and this goes back, boy, I want to say maybe 15 years. Uh, we were at a CAC in the big room that they have with all the displays and the tables, the vendor tables, they call them. And superstar Billy Graham was there. And I think that was like one of the only years that he attended. Mm -hmm. um, he was there and he was, he was selling. He wouldn't let people take a picture of him unless he, you paid him. Mm. And he would charge for his autograph. Well, that he was that was the first time that this had been happening. Because typically when a wrestler was there, they would mm. mingle with the fans and sure, I'll give you my autograph. You know, how are you? And where'd you come from? And, you know, small talk with the fan. And it was very fan friendly, much like what WFIA was. Mm -hmm. Well, Superstar was doing this and he was refusing to take, let people take some pictures and different things. And, so Nick Bockwinkle was the president of the CAC at the time. And he actually went up to Superstar and he said, Billy, this is not the place to be in character, to be doing this to the fans. This is a fan organization and we're not going to have you doing this. And Nick, I remember Nick saying, he says, I don't like having to go up to the guy and tell him this, but this, he's got the wrong idea. Mm -hmm. So that tells you how it's changed because yeah. today the fan fest would be typically where the person or persons putting on the fan fest are paying all these wrestlers to probably come there, mm -hmm. securing hotels for them. And then the wrestlers themselves are charging whatever they charge, you mm -hmm. know, whether they're selling their book or their photos or whatever it is. And you want a picture with me, that's five bucks or 10 bucks. And, you know, so it, it's different. But CAC has become um, a little bit more like that now where a lot of the guys are there to 
sell their their stuff. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And uh, but if they give it back to the CAC, yeah. God bless them because that's the whole idea. And I will add yeah. that uh, just as an end to the superstar thing, superstar Graham, uh, the CAC many many years ago assisted him with some money to take care of some of his health woes. You know, the guy had to have a, I think it was a liver transplant and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's had a a magnitude of health issues uh, for various reasons over the decades. And CAC did assist him. And so he, he needs to be uh, thankful for that. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. Hey everyone, this is Brian Ferguson, the host of Bumps and Thumps, the talk of wrestling. I want to talk about our podcast today. Our podcast is about getting stars on here from yesteryear, professional wrestlers, referees, promoters, independent wrestlers. We get their stories out to you to relive those great memories and to live those great memories and get their story out about what they go through in everyday life. And getting into that ring and what they go through, what they sacrifice, and what they're doing now. So please, join us today. Subscribe to the podcast. Go to our YouTube channel. Check it out. And subscribe. If you listen to audio, we're on almost all the platforms that provide podcasts. Check it out. Subscribe on those channels. Folks, today, you know, we need more subscribers to get our word out there, to get our brand out there, the bumps and thumps. And get people on here that require may require some financial compensation as we build this brand. We'll be able to get those people on there that require that. So, folks, join today. Subscribe. Go to the podcast. Check it out. I know you're going to love it. Talk to you soon. Take care. God bless. All right. Let's uh, close real quick. So, WFIA, for whatever reason, kind of went south in the, in the, in the 80s. Uh, and now they're... Uh, uh, Brad Drake uh, is trying to get it back up and running, and um, I am a part of it. I will put that out there. I, I uh, he contacted me, and I and I uh, and I am I was I told him I would uh, definitely uh, contribute in any way I can, and uh, I'm excited about it. I hope it takes <laughs> off. I hope it goes in the direction uh, that is for the fans, and we don't. You know, right now, from what I understand, it's all, you join as a member, it's free. They do have some merchandise that he's put up there, uh, you know, a T-shirt, a coffee mug, and a couple other items. And that all goes, uh, you know, it's not going in his pocket. He's trying to build a base here. So, uh, and it is international. Uh, It's not just the title. Uh, We do have a person on there from Great Britain. And uh, so we're excited. And I, George, I'm so happy you were able to come on here today and and kind of give us the the history of it. And uh, you know, I always enjoy having you on here, my friend. I really do. So thank you again for coming on. I'm always glad to come on, and I do wish that I do hope that this works out. And I want to say that on board here, that, that uh, Brad Drake has reached out to me. Mm-hmm. And you and I talked about this beforehand. Um, yeah. I have not at this point responded to Brad because I, mm-hmm. I've wanted to kind of go in with tiptoes. Mm-hmm. Um, I know there's a lot of the people that are still around that were active when the WFIA was originally around that hold it near and dear to their hearts. Tom Burke, Dave Brzezinski, Pete Letterman, 
uh, Barry Rose and many others. And I'm one of those guys, although I wasn't as involved behind the scenes as they were. But right. it's uh, it's important that if this organization can get off the ground, that it is showing new respect and brought back to its former greatness rather than what occurred in the 80s with an individual that ran it after Don Wilson had been gone from it and that mm -hmm. didn't do a good job with it. And we don't even need to bring up his name because that gives him airtime. So uh, we're cautious. I will reach out to yeah. Brad in what way I can assist him. But um, mm -hmm. if he's got Tom Burke and guys like that on board and yourself, um, I, I think that's a, a good step. And I would support that all the way. Thank you yeah. for letting me come on and uh, thank you. Always fun. I I appreciate. It. I I always enjoy your perspective and your opinions because you know you're so professional about it. You're respectful and you're also your knowledge. You have such knowledge that you never. How do I say this? Your opinion is is fact. It's not just your opinion. It's actually a fact. So that's what's so great is that you can back it up. Where I'm going to play people... all of this. I'm going to play all this last part to my wife. What you're saying, okay? I don't know about your personal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Wrestling your <laughs> No. I know. Hey, Thank I, you, Brian. I always that's, that's enjoy having you. you. No, I know. I, I always enjoy having you on here. Thank you so much, George. Ladies and gentlemen, one more time, George Shire, Mr. George Shire. Sir, thanks for coming on. If you're wondering about my T-shirt real quick, the villain, okay? It's not well, you are. You're, you're the villain person. Or I'm not a villain. George is not a villain. It's it's a professional wrestler out of Mid-States Wrestling named uh, Tim, the natural-born villain, Rockwell. I bought this shirt. I thought today, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wear it promote this guy he's an outstanding he is he, he if you get a chance to go to one of the events or watch it on youtube or something the guy is he just looks like a villain and he just plays the the part so well so anyways one more time mr george shire sir thank you for coming on today really appreciate it always a pleasure and folks if you're watching thank you if you're listening thank you and if you haven't subscribed please do so and if you can, go to the website, thewfia.org. That's T-H-E-W-F-I-A.org. Check it out. It's free to join. Folks, thanks for watching.